Hey there. Thank you for joining us for Six Degrees of Study, an uneducational podcast. Today, we have Janine Roberts, co-founder of Midcoast Stories, who has a Bachelor of Arts from UQ, a postgraduate diploma in education, and a Master's of Education from QUT, as well as a Diploma of Local and Family Studies from Society of Australian Genius. We want to show you how it's highly likely there's only six degrees of separation between you, the career, and the life you want. This Welcome, Janine. Thank you, Donna. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled this time, this month, to be chatting with Janine Roberts, who our listeners may know through Midcoast Stories. I hope they know through Midcoast <laughs> Stories. Um, Janine's been, I guess... Going back and really finding out all the exciting stories about the history of the Midcoast and I have to say right from the start, this has been an initiative of Janine's, not, I always thought it was through Midcoast Council, but this is Janine um, really bringing her passion for history um, to the fore when you move to this area. So thank you for joining us for our podcast. Um, We always start off by saying, um, just in, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you landed in this spot in the mid-coast and um, yeah, what you're currently doing in your life. Okay, so um, I came to the mid-coast, to Tari, with my husband in 2015 and uh, when I came here, I soon after um, started Mid-Coast Stories through a New South Wales grant that we got for Heritage But my life before coming here was very different. I uh, was a high school teacher of Mandarin Chinese for 16 years. Hmm. I then um, moved into research and being an educator at university, at the University of Queensland. So I did, um, wrote medical education and then I went into um, the School of Education there and wrote a national teacher's program um, to help people implement the Australian curriculum when it was coming in. Back in the early, um, it was 2011 around then that we were bringing it in. Wow. (laughs) That is very different to what you were doing now. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we all have this idea of what a typical journey to university is going to be like. Um, I think there's only been maybe one or two people that we've had these podcast sessions with that have said, yeah, I knew from high school this is what I was going to do. I got out of high school, landed in that role. We were always going to be... Education, yeah. teaching, was that well, your your thoughts right from the start? Actually, no. No, I, I wasn't sure at all about what I was going to do and what I was going to study, but I also – I always knew I was going to go to university, um, not because I had pressure from my family or school or anything like that. It was my own um, internal pressure. Um, so I knew I, I wanted to study at university. So my story is quite typical. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from high school to university – I guess the, the part that wasn't typical is um, because of my financial situation, um, my family weren't able to support me to study or to move away to go to university. I um, got a study, so I had to make choices about how I used that money. So I did a, a, my bachelor's degree and then I was invited to do a master's in languages, um, but I knew that was going to be more than just one year and at the time... A study would only sort of pay for one postgraduate, one year of postgraduate studies. Mm -hmm. So I made the choice to go into teaching and I did a one year postgrad diploma of education. And I knew at the end of that that I would have a job to to go to. So that was the choice I made. Um, So where were you studying? Were you able to 
Did you have to travel far, I guess? Once you finished high school, did you have to relocate to go to uni or where were you living at that time? Um, so now it's very different, but in at the late in the late 1980s, um, I would have to um, take public transport for two and a half hours each way to go to the University of Queensland in Brisbane, mm-hmm. um, which I did for the first year and it was really tiring and, you know, you're trying to study full-time as well and, and part-time work. So um, at the end of that year, I ended up moving closer to the university and um, having to do more part-time work to, to support my rent then and to um, study. But that, that was the path I took and I guess it was um, short-term pain yeah. <laughs> for a longer-term gain. But yeah. And what type of part-time work did you have? Oh, I did cleaning of units. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, I worked in a pub. I worked in a jewellery shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole range of those typical part-time yeah. casual jobs that you associate perhaps with being a university student. Yeah. 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 Um, so you were in Brisbane up until that point and then mm-hmm. you – so you did your studies all connected one after the other or did you get out to teach for a um, while? So after I did my postgrad yep. diploma, um, I went and taught, um, which was great. Straight away, um, you know, it was earning more money than ever before or, and more than my parents had ever earned as well. Um, and I, I'm really grateful for that because um, teaching gave me stability and I knew I could get a job anywhere and I, it was my choice to have full-time work or not with that. Um, after a few years of working as a teacher, I, that's when I went into doing a Master's of Education um, while I was working full-time as well. Mm. So, Were you the first in your family to go to university? Absolutely, yeah, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, so my parents always um, valued education but never, ever, you know, pressured me at all to to do anything, um, you know, except to be happy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so you knew, it was... You knew right from the start really that you yeah. had to fund fund your university studies yourself yes. with your part-time work or, or study or whatever you could gather. Yeah. So it was really you being independent yep. right from the start. Yep, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you were living in Brisbane? Um, so, yep. So when I uh, – so I grew up at, in the Redlands. Um, oh, yeah. And so, you know, now it's it's all part of Brisbane. But back then it was very much a little rural farming region. Um, um, but when I went to university, yeah, I moved into into Brisbane close by, um, shared rentals, yep. <laughs> shared accommodation. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible because of the dwellings Dirtiness, or because of the people you were with? Dwellings. <laughs> no, the people were lovely. Yep. It's just, um, you know, living with people that, you know, you wouldn't normally choose to live with. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah makes, makes you stronger somehow maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes me more independent. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So that was a three-year degree? That, uh, yeah. Bachelor of Arts was three years and yep. then the postgrad. Another year on top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, from there, you stayed in education right up until just recently, until you moved here? Yes, yeah. So um, when I moved here in 2015, I was still working for the University of Queensland doing research in the School of Education. Mm -hmm. Um, And when, but I was also studying. So this is one thing I want to pass on to people is to always keep learning, be curious. Um, So I've always been interested in family history and, and local history. And so just for my own interest, I was doing um, a diploma in family and local um, historical studies. 
and I, I loved it, you know, because it's relevant to you. And um, so I, that's what I was studying when I came here as well. And I guess that was the catalyst for changing my career when I got here. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see what else I could do. So I um, used that diploma um, qualification to then move into doing heritage research. Yeah, yeah. So just back a little bit though, mm. when you were at high school, you were teaching Chinese. Yes. Ma- Mandarin Chinese. <laughs> Mandarin Chinese. Yeah. So had you spent some time in China? Oh, um, what, 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 what? <laughs> it's just not a usual type of subject to choose to teach. So, um, just... so I started uni in 1989 and at the time uh, Japanese was really, really popular and there were over 600 people studying Japanese. I was, I, I've always been interested in languages. I did French at school. I did French at uni. Um, but I felt that an Asian language would be more useful for me in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and China then was, you know, the sleeping tiger or the sleeping dragon. And there was all this talk about it becoming the next economic superpower. Yeah. So um, I didn't do it for those reasons, but I it sort of sparked my interest that maybe Chinese would be a more useful subject to do. So um, there were 60 people studying Chinese, so it was very different and um, I just loved it. I did really well in it and loved it, went to China afterwards, you know, did lots of um, school trips there with students and parents and, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Very much a part of my life for a long time. Yeah. Did you get to live in China at Not any time? Not really. I no. had a scholarship to study there for a couple of months, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't live there for over a year or anything like that. Yeah, that couple of months they would have helped you um, really secure what you knew about the language. That's though, right. No yeah, doubt. it was more for me. It was more the confidence to use the knowledge I had. Yeah, um, bit of a yeah. way to test yourself out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and it was a culture shock. It was my first um, trip ever out of Australia, or I think it was my first trip even on a plane. So um, yeah, it was quite an adventure. Yeah. Um, and then you ended up being a deputy principal, though, yes. at, at, while you were still in Queensland? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I finished off my teaching being a deputy principal and I thought, um, like, working in, a, in schools is really, really difficult and I absolutely um, admire all the teachers that are, are there working in schools and working with students and I know your passion and I know how hard you work. Um, but I really also wanted to see what else I could do for myself and um, see what else was out there. I've always been tied to education. I think education and knowledge is really important. Um, but, yeah, so I, that's where I applied my, my skills to education. In um, So at the University of Queensland I was writing medical education programs for doctors and nurses and then later for teachers. Wonderful. <laughs> you really have never stopped learning. Like no. you've really continued to always be doing something beyond your normal day job yeah. um, to be extending your studies in that way, yeah. So so when you arrived here and, um, yeah, tell, I guess, uh, what enticed you to, to look back into the past of so much of this local area? Like was there something that – or someone that you met that um, – opened that doorway for you or? It's two, two things. Um, one, I, I was working remotely from home um, with the University of Queensland and um, I was starting to feel quite lonely and not having that interaction with anybody at home. And so I, I signed up as a volunteer with Midcoast Council to transcribe the historic rate rates books that the council had that had been found by Penny Tim and, and um, a group of volunteers had been working on them for ages. 
and I joined them and Penny and I just clicked and we we sort of have, you know, partnered together to do all of these things with Midcoast Stories now. But because I was lonely, I, I looked to do volunteer work. I also started looking at the beautiful buildings in, in Taree here. There's not a lot of them, but beautiful buildings like the beehive. Mm. And so I applied my skills that I was using or, or learning at the time through my diploma um, to see what the history was of these buildings in Taree. So I didn't just look at the the buildings and when they were built, I looked at the people who lived in there or who owned them and what happened to their families. So you have this sort of closer connection to the building, to the people that lived here and, and ultimately to the community. So. And I think so many locals um, know the stories of certain certain areas through their families. Yes. But to get that out and share it the way you have is, is fantastic and people <laughs> can really relate to something that you're talking about and going, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, they can usually embellish it a bit, I Absolutely, guess, and add a yeah. bit more on for you. Yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't beat the um, the stories that come from people and, and them having, you know, family stories that aren't written down in the, in the records or in the old newspapers. They're, they're absolute gold. Yeah. yeah. And is there, I just have to ask, is there one favourite thing that you've discovered or a connection you've made or something that really stands out? And how many stories have you done? Um, we've done nearly 500 stories on the wow. website um, and we also have the app as well. That's the um, Heritage Trail apps through the mid-coast and there's about 150 stories there. Um, I think the things that really appealed to me um, were, were the connections to migrant families that came to Taree at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really interested in George Kazamati who was a Greek a Greek man who came here and ended up saving six people in Australia from drowning because he, he came from a Greek island, knew how to swim. But lots of people, including here in Taree, even though we live by the beaches, by the river, um, didn't swim then. And so he, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time in six occasions. And huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so people from drowning, including one little girl in Victoria Street, and he was given a humanitarian award for that down in Sydney. And um, yeah, so I've really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed learning about the Lebanese families that really made up a, a core part of the businesses here in Taree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, amazing stuff. Um, This question now, I guess, might seem a bit disjointed with the discussions we've just been having, but um, we often just ask, what do you wish someone had have told you back in the beginning that would you have liked to have got to this position that you're at in your life earlier? Like is this something you've got a lot of joy in discovering now or are you very happy with the path that you took or, you know, is there some kind of advice you'd go, I wish I hadn't known that earlier? (laughs) Um, I think all through high school, I had no idea what I what I wanted to be or what I could do. I loved languages. I did really well at all of my subjects, but there was no burning passion to be one particular profession. And so I'd go to the you know career counselor at school, and we'd talk about things, and I always came away feeling really uninspired. <laughs> I can relate. So, can you? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, I shouldn't say that. Ah. Um, but, um, yeah, I feel like often those careers advisors have um, a lot on their plate and yeah. a lot of students they're trying to support and they don't always get to know every student so well. So it's very hard for them to give, I think, specialised support. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I didn't know what I wanted either, but I knew what I liked. So um, my advice would be don't worry so much. Um 
because I I'd never planned, I just followed the things that I enjoyed and I loved and I liked doing um, and that has led me on this this path. I love languages, I love education and I have just been meandering through life and following things that I really enjoy. Um, the other advice I would, would give is to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good way of learning about different jobs, meeting people and just taking those opportunities to to follow life, follow where those opportunities lead. Yeah. I, I agree. There's something really <clears throat> special about volunteering because the people that you're there with are also passionate about whatever it is that you're working yeah. on. So you've got a real common thread um, of support around you and just such joy and passion when things go right and it's amazing what you can achieve. I Absolutely. Just, I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it as well. I mean that, that is how Miko's story started. You know, I volunteered... Um, and I met Penny and um, the other volunteers there and look what Midcoast Stories is now. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's incredible. For anyone that hasn't seen it, please go and <laughs> Google Midcoast Stories and have a listen. Um, you'll be able to edit this silence out. Hang on. <laughs> um, so, so in closing, um, I'm so pleased that you're now supporting us here at Tari University's campus in many ways around projects and things that we're doing. Um, we're very fortunate to have Janine evaluating those projects and um, setting us up right at the beginning so that we can really measure the outcomes of what, of what we're delivering here in our, in our short time. Um, but what would it have meant for you if you hadn't, hadn't have had to travel like two and a half hours or hadn't have had to move away from home to study? Like do you think, um, you, think you would, have, would you have used a facility such as this? I think I would have. Um... So, as I said before, you know, it was a very long journey to university then. Of course, we didn't have online learning in the 80s. It was, <laughs> I didn't even touch a computer until my second year of, of university. But I think it's such a, a wonderful opportunity to have a facility like this. And I honestly think, you know, if, if you're in the position where you can take advantage of using these services and facilities, then to do that. I also think it is important to see what you know, to go out into the world and, and see what else is there and bring different ideas back into your community. But I just think it's a wonderful opportunity that TUC offers, offers here for students studying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just really pleased now to, um, from when we first started doing these podcasts and there were just a few students and we didn't know where we were going to, to land really, um, to now be three years in and have the numbers we've got and, and really see people here studying every day. It's fantastic. It is. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Janine. It's been a real pleasure catching up with you and learning about your past and and all the past stories that you've uncovered here (laughs) is amazing. So thank you very much. Thanks very much for inviting me, Donna. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Six Degrees podcast. This podcast is produced by Upbound Business Consultants and is brought to you by Tari University's campus. Based on the New South Wales Barrington Coast, TUC is a hub for supporting distance education study for university students with campus facilities, mentoring, postgrad career opportunities and more. If you'd like to share your story, you can send us an email at podcast at tarauni.org.au and let us know your unconventional road to a degree. Until next time.